Hello and welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. Brody. Hello. And James. Hello. Shannon, how were those PlayStation donuts that you had delivered this afternoon? Were they tasty? I've only had a nibble of one of them and it was just a standard donut, oh, really. I can't, I can't remember the last time I had a Donut King donut, to What's be honest. What's a nibble? Like, just the what taste. Do you mean? I wasn't sure I was done with them for content, but I was also hungry. So he just, he just <laughs> wet his mouth slightly. <laughs> I with one. Took a nibble Did out you of the just like nibble one. the underside so you can still take a picture I did. of the top? I of something? sucked That's on the bottom. The conversation <laughs> is already fucked. But then what'd you do to the donut? <laughs> <laughs> Literally saving. Um, he was using it. He was using it for there. content. <laughs> I am with you, Shannon. I'm not sure where I come down on donuts. Brody, are you a donut guy? Do you like donuts? I don't mind donuts. I've got nothing against them. That's good. It's They're good fine. to know we all come yeah. down on donuts. Do so you want to know uh, James's opinion on donuts? James, do you want? Yeah, what's your opinion on donuts? Um, they're good. I, I think like, I like Krispy Kreme. Actually, better than I donut actually cream. think Krispy Kremes are like a little bit overrated. I agree. I'm glad original glaze is the only one worth putting your yeah, lips um, around. Donut King donuts are actually nicer. I know they're heavier, like, like not physically, but like taste-wise. Do you know what I mean? There's like more like bready. How, how is Dense. it heavier taste-wise? Is yeah, it more, it's like, like a bready. It's a bready flavor? substance. It's like it's like breadier. Like I you can, can go and grab like one, and we can dissect forty-seven it on the spot Krispy Kremes. <laughs> but I'm full after two Donut Kings. You know? Right. Wait, how many Krispy Kremes did you say you could take? Forty-seven. Down? Actually, it was, <laughs> I said forty-two, but like oh, I don't sorry. actually mean that. <laughs> The donuts I'd get behind are like the cin- like the cinnamon kind of coated ones, so they're filled with jam, like the yeah. ones you get at Queen Vic. No, Market. just 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 this is the last thing we'll speak of donuts. But just the Donut <laughs> King's hot cinnamon donut with a coffee used to go down a treat back in the day. <laughs> Probably still does. <laughs> I love it. This is what we came here to discuss today was donuts. <laughs> yeah. That's the show. We'll catch you next week. Happy gaming. Uh, no, Bye. let's let's talk about. The former Uncharted director, Amy Hennig, working on a Star Wars game, parentheses, again. Uh, because, obviously, Brody, this isn't the first time that Amy Hennig has helmed a Star Wars game, having worked on the cancelled Project Ragtag whilst at Visceral Games. How do you suspect this game's going to shape up? Yeah, probably cancelled again. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's definitely a bit of uh, precedence there. Uh, oh, I don't know. Hard to know. Do you They're suspect it to be pretty similar to what she had hoped to achieve I, with Project cer- Ragtag? I, I certainly hope so, because, obviously... EA, for whatever reason, moved away from uh, wanting to do those single-player games for a while, but they've come back into vogue, thankfully. So um, I'm hoping they'll let her do uh, what she wanted to do previously, which looked like that really cool uh, sort of Bounty Hunter one that we'd seen like little snippets of here and there. So if it's that game, then I'm definitely in, but uh, if it's anything even remotely similar to you know something like an Uncharted, which she's obviously previously worked on, uh, then I can definitely see uh, some fun being had there as well if i remember correctly at the time project right tech was cancelled because it was like not this live action kind of games a service live action um live service games as a service kind of game that ea wanted to make at the time mm. but it was something more kind of focused and and then anthem power. happened and then they were like oh actually uh <laughs> yeah. maybe we pivot yeah. again we're all the messaging around this one is that it's going to be much more narrative driven like do you think ea got that wrong at the time or have times changed and we've kind of moved away from the game as a service idea a little bit uh i don't know that we've moved away from it i think there's still plenty of people doing it like it's sony's whole new strategy really like 
that's why they've brought in Bungie and that's why they've you know mm. uh, they've, they plan to release whatever like 10 in the next six years or whatever their plan was or by 2026 um, so no I don't think it's necessarily a change in the market but I think it was probably just a bad strategy for EA at the time because I don't think they realised that people still do like these single player games and that something like Fallen Order would be such a you know such a banger hit so yeah I mean it's just probably the wrong strategy at the time maybe yeah there's room for both. Mm. Uh, Shannon, like me, you're a big Uncharted fan. Do you hope that this is essentially going to be Uncharted in the Star Wars universe? Yeah, well, yeah. I think as Brody touched on, like that's what we were hopeful the last game that um, Amy was in charge of would be. I, I guess like Jedi Fallen Order is a little bit that, probably a little bit more open than Uncharted games. But yeah, I would, I personally want more of that that style of of Star Wars game. Even though I was a big fan of Battlefront, and want more of that too. James, there are a fair few Star Wars games now in development. I know you've enjoyed Lego the Skywalker Saga recently. You're shaking your head at me. Have I got that wrong? Mm-hmm. I thought I could have sworn you were playing that on Twitter or something. No, no. Not me. That's probably Sorry. the only thing. You have Are you to sure you don't want literally. to? <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you sure I don't want to? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that aside, then, like, where do you come down on Star Wars games? Like, more generally, Are you ex- is this one you'd be excited for against some of the other stuff that's in the works at the moment? Um, Jedi Fallen Two, I know, is on the way. Um, there's Quantic Dreams too. Ubisoft Massive, I think. Yeah. Is that a um, thing? Yeah. What about yeah, what about this I, Star Wars uh, game? Where does this fall in the mix for you? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I'm pretty okay. like I'm pretty down on Star Wars movies and TV shows now. But like, I think Jedi Fallen Order was quite fun. Um, I really, really liked it, probably more than most people. Um, so I would, I'm excited to see like that come, <laughs> but like more Star Wars games come because um, I feel like Battle Battlefront and Battlefront Two were both quite good and very like visually, um, you know, authentic. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I I think this is probably the next one that I would be most excited for after Jedi Fallen Order 2. Um, the Ubisoft one, I'm not sure about. And then obviously Quantic Dreams game is apparently years and years and years away. Um, so James, you've done a very good job talking whilst Shannon and Brody make a face every time yeah. you say come. You've done very yeah. good. I know I said it too much and I apologise. I was still He's thinking really about... He's really excited about Star Wars. More cut the that, donut cut that, cut got me really worked up. So <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I reckon I'm going to introduce you as Star Wars Fallen Jedi's biggest fan from now on. I had no idea that you would enjoy the game more than most as well. Well, I feel like everybody says to me, like, it's not as good as what you thought it was. Like, people that I speak to nah, who have like, read my review and stuff. Excellent. And I'm like, fucking shut up. But also, are they right? I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> it's just hard. It's so painful having, like, your public opinion available anywhere to use against you at any point the life of a video game and and viewed by the masses (laughs) yes yes it is just exhausting but somehow i get by well as you guys all know i'm a massive star wars fan and stoked to see so many exciting games kind of coming out like i love what respawn did with jedi fallen order such as self james maybe not as much as you i didn't realize we're comparing our fandoms for it there um but uh we weren't go ahead (laughs) that's one i'm hugely excited for and i think these more like narrative focused star wars games particularly like new worlds and new story and not new worlds but like new um characters and new stories being introduced like that really excites me um and obviously amy hennig has made some of my favorite games of all time um so hugely excited for her involvement as well um but shannon 
Let me ask you about the Playdate, which is a quirky little retro-inspired handheld console that you spent some time with over the last couple of weeks or so. I think you've you've had it for a, for a little bit. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts on it? How did you like it? Um, yeah, it was. It's one that I've been waiting for for what, like a year, eighteen months, two years now, and. Yeah, loved it. It was a nice breath of fresh air from all the open world games that we have been playing so far this year. It's good. How, like, what can you tell us more about? Like the hardware and like how it's how it's different. It's got like a crank handle on the side of it, right? Yeah. So basically, I would say it's like not too different from a Game Boy, except for the fact that it's quite a bit smaller and lighter. You've got an AB button, you've got a D-pad, which are all build quality-wise. Like, it feels like a Nintendo product. It feels more like a high-end gadget than a cheap knockoff or, or toy. So, gets full marks for that. Um, and can you yeah. download games on this thing? Or, like, does it come with a set of games and that's all that's ever available for it? Or... How does that happen? So you get 24 games with the unit and basically you start with two the second you turn it on and then each, I think it's each Monday for 12 weeks, you get two more games in a set set schedule. So everyone gets the same two games. And my understanding is like if you were to get one in wave one now versus a year away, which there are people that are going to get those in a year, um, you will you will still have to go through that 12-week process from the day you turn it on. But then there's also paid games that you can upload and they're launching like a marketplace on the thing at some point in the future, which I think is going to be essential because they haven't said if there's going to be more seasons. But yeah, considering that's all included, granted, as I said in my review, you're not going to be, every game's not going to be for you because it's 24 games that are all wildly different. Like it's, it's a, you're at least guaranteed to have a good time with half of those games, let's say. But yeah, mm. as you mentioned, the crank is probably the most unique thing about this and it look it is gimmicky for a lot of games but it does allow you to make like precise movements that you couldn't really do with any other control mechanic like control mechanic like maybe an analog stick but even then like it does really register tiny movements which allows for really cool things with like platformers and puzzle games and that type of thing interesting but yeah, uh, and and like no, how much does one of these will, things set you back? And like, and how I think it's about two eighty with shipping to Australia, which that is a considerable cost. Like again, you do mm. get your twenty four games, but it's definitely a, a, a big cost. Like if it was one hundred and fifty dollars, I'd say definitely jump on it. But yeah, nearly three hundred, and the fact that if you order one now, you're not going to get it until twenty twenty three as well is obviously they're both big. Wow, yeah, there is. And no backlight on the screen, just before I forget. So, if you're in bed and wanting to play at night, like, there's no chance of you seeing that screen, which I get why, but obviously that's very different to any piece of technology that you pick up in 2022. They don't sell, um, like, an attachment that hovers over the screen with a magnifying glass. <laughs> I did mention light. that. Not yet, but I, I think we'll see it. Definitely. It's essential, <laughs> um, honestly. So one, weird. One thing I thought about... Um, earlier that I we haven't spoken about and I haven't asked you about. Um, it's obviously a little bit smaller than what a Game Boy would have been. So how does it sort of feel in the hand? Is it awkward at all or is it... Obviously, it'll depend on the game you're playing as to how you have to hold it and stuff, but... Yeah, my, like, my first thought when picking it up was, like, it's very light and, like, obviously coming from, like, even, like, a Game Boy Pocket and the original Game Boy, like, they were chunky boys. Mm. Um I didn't, yeah, I didn't notice any problems with it, which to me suggests like if it's not something you think about, then it's probably good. But I don't have, I, I'd say I've got like medium 
regular sized hands, probably the same as all of you. So I've got small I think hands, you, so I'm laughing. If you had if you had long fingers, like I could see it being a problem because it is quite small, but I think because you're always holding, like most games do use the crank. So thinking like that you're holding in your left hand the D-pad and in the right hand you're sort of cranking, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's we are, the level of maturity today is so low. I know. I don't even know what I'm saying. But yeah, it, it never... Something I, about cranking that. When I, I first pulled it out of the box, I thought this... <laughs> This could be a problem, but it was it was never something I thought about. Which, unlike the backlight, which literally stopped me playing more than a handful of times, like yeah, yeah, it was never an issue. It, and you're not going to be playing any of these games for hours either, to be honest. What about like in sunlight as well? Is it something you could, in theory, kind of take out and about with you, or is the screen not hold up too great then either? Nah, you could de- like it's small enough that you could chuck in a bag or your pocket and and pull it out at any at any time but um and crank that. <laughs> even in the sunlight like you remember with the game boy like probably not you Yuan, but brody and, and james like you really had to have it in a perfect light like the original game boy without a oh, light yeah. adapter yeah. like even in sunlight like glare and any kind of yeah, was reflection was not your friend and that's does, very much the case here does yeah. the crank fold away it does yeah that yeah, good that was like obviously after two weeks like there's no issues but that was my one concern initially like that that couldn't think would just snap off and i'm assume yeah. that would be the end of your play date yeah <laughs> you'd get kicked out pretty pretty promptly thereafter but yeah I, obviously like I, it's really cool seeing um new players in in the console market like we don't we don't see it and if we do it's very gimmicky or just hacky and this didn't feel yeah. like that at all like it's very solid like even the software and the pc to plug it in and, and mirror your console and everything else feels really solid and they've clearly taken the time to to get this right and i like and, it and the games you have been able to play like is there a system seller on there would you say like anything that's a must play at this stage or anything that could be a game of the year contender or like <sighs> anything like that it's hard they're, they're all Again, like there's no game that feels like it was cobbled together or hacky. Like they're all really solid games. But um, I think like Pick Pack Pup, which is like a puzzler about a, a warehousing dog and another one, I think it's called Adventure. Adventure, I'm not gonna, I don't know what it is, but it's about, it's the one they've used for the marketing, which is like a robot that you control with the crank. Like those two really stood out to me. I haven't played a lot of every game just because I really wanted to get a taste of each yeah. game on there, but... Yeah, I think most of them I can really see a lot of people enjoying. And I think even games that I typically wouldn't play, like RPGs and puzzlers, like I found myself playing more just because you're not distracted by other things happening and everything's really simple and addictive. So I just always found myself going back to it or wanting to go back to it. It was refreshing. Interesting. But then I, I think like once we, we see people creating games for it, like then we'll, mm. we'll see some other cool stuff pop up as well. Yeah. Has there been any signs of that happening yet? Has like anyone come out and said that they're working on games? Who was the guy that or... I can't remember the name, but Brady was. Uh, Lucas Pope, who did like Papers, Please and Return of the Open oh, yeah. and stuff like that. He's doing a game called like Mars After Midnight or something like that. So I think that's not that's not in the season though we, uh, that we've established. I think yeah, that's one that of the paid, paid games. Yeah. Okay. I, cool. I'm assuming like they've sold a lot of these. Like, so I'm I'm guessing we're gonna get some cool indie stuff. Like, I could really see. I think all the games on it are made by like one or two people, and a lot of the games are developed mm. by like. Ubisoft or Activision people that have just done stuff as a side project, which is cool to see. Yeah. Nice. I like it. James, have you got any interest in this gadget at all, the Playdate? No. 
it's not not really. Can, yeah, can it's to not, elaborate. Sorry. Why not? No, I don't know. It's just not for me. I I could it's, see. It looks to me to be very style first, which like is fine. No, nah, I, I think but you. Like, I think I, you would enjoy it, James. But I don't. I can't see you dropping three hundred dollars and waiting a year for it. Like if it was in EB for a hundred dollars, oh yeah, no. like you would pick it up maybe. But the the hoops to jump through at the moment it is too big for almost anyone to to grab. I think I don't know what I was saying, but you know what Neither I'm saying. Not did we. The line broke up. Broke up. I just <laughs> think it's insane that if you order one now, you can't get one until next year. Like, what's yeah. the go there? I, I mean, it's the same with the PS5, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. I reckon I'm going to keep my eye on this. And if it, like... Maybe if it sustains, like, 12 months of kind of decent releases and I start to see some chatter about some of the games that are coming out on it, um, that might be enough to entice me. Um, it might be worth, like, talking more about the screen, though, because obviously it's all kind of black and white, right? Like... Yeah, it's, it it's is, not it's like black. an ink display, but it kind of has that sort of look to it. Yeah, it's 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 weird because it is black and white, and like I said, there's no backlight, but it feels high quality. Like it doesn't feel like a an e-ink display. You're right. I don't even know what is the terminology there they're using for it. Yeah, they're, they're saying it is a. It doesn't say. <laughs> anyway, it's it's a it's a high quality display. Like it doesn't feel pixely. Like you can clearly make things out. And I I thought that the black the fact that it's only black and white might make games feel samey, but so far and again, only twenty four games, it, it didn't feel like it was an issue, but I could see how later on it might limit games that come to the platform because you theoretically you can't even just pull over like an indie game from the switch or ps4 or ps5 and port it to this like you really would have to no. rework it unless it was a, an Oberdin type game or something like that that really already uses that style yeah yeah and certainly i i can see what james is saying where it's like design yeah, kind of led yeah. um and i think that is its biggest strength and its biggest weakness as well yeah but and it's obviously kind of designed to be kind of like quite simple, I suppose. Like I don't know what the um, what the word would be, but yeah, it's a the display is four hundred by two hundred and forty pixels, and it's a one bit display, which I suppose explains the uh, the absence of color. Um, and yeah, like looking at its CPU and its its RAM, like sixteen megabytes of RAM, um, one hundred and eighty megahertz processor like it's stuff like megahertz not gigahertz um like it's all kind of like low spec but obviously intended at running the thing that it did show is like you can have something with specs like that and games are still addictive and fun and can tell a compelling story and all of those things whether that's true in a year or two years or three years i don't know but for now like it definitely shows that the opposite end of the spectrum to the, the ps5 and pc and xbox series x is still a great gaming experience yeah interesting i'm very fascinated by the whole thing i'm gonna have to check in again with you in like six months or something and yeah maybe towards the end of the year we kind of ask you about your experience with it and whether or not you're still playing it and what what games have stood out to you does that sound okay it does all right awesome Ch- talk to you soon shan uh for now though let's talk about xenoblade chronicles 3 which james i think it was just last week we were discussing the switch's outlook for the year and it's gotten a little spicier with xenoblade chronicles 3 uh moving forward almost by three months to july shifting from september to july what do you make of this move i don't know it's hard to say isn't it i don't know it's like 
it's so strange. Like, why... I feel like... It's pretty rare that we ever talk about a game moving forward, backwards all the time. Yeah. Like, the last time that happened... Like, this is a James thing, but the last time that happened, Resident Evil 6 got moved forward a month once, and that was, like, a disaster. Christmas come early if possible. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, this is what two months extra for a game this big like it's it's really it's really weird i don't and it's so like not and meanwhile like advance wars kind of sits finished i'm sure that one twitter person has actually finished it already like and that's got no date you know like it's really bizarre um i mean it's really fun to speculate and be like maybe it's because they've got some really big exciting game coming out in september but like i don't know if that's what's happening well, that's certainly what Shannon did in his article. Not so much that, Shannon. You wrote um, that it's now launching near Fire Emblem Super Mario Strikers, uh, but might have cleared the way for Splatoon 3 coming later in the year than planned. It is weird that it launches that. It does bring it so much closer to those two games, and then even, um, like, mm-hmm. obviously not as big a heavy hitter, but Live Alive is also a big-ish RPG um, I, that Nintendo yeah, is also these, publishing. These games aren't obviously my wheelhouse, but like, I'd have thought there's some overlap between like Xenoblade fans and Fire Emblem fans. Like, would that? They, they're it's a, a warrior. They're different game, games, though. though. Yeah, but okay. yeah, like... I, I think, and I know we said we we're going to talk about this episode, but we've all, and it, it's it's pretty obvious that there really is like no games coming out in the next like two or three months, and it it could just be Nintendo wanting to capitalize on that because I think September onwards is going to be stacked, but there's literally nothing coming out outside of Nintendo stuff in May, June, July, August. Yeah, I, I sort of feel pretty, like um, we're in a bit of a lull at the moment. I, I'm glad I've got Elton, like, only now kind of sinking reasonable time into Elden Ring, because I feel like I've kind of got the time to enjoy it now. Nintendo has done this before, apparently. Um, I know with the Switch, apparently Odyssey was ready to go for launch, but they held it um, a little bit later, like, to give the console a bit more steam so like it's not something they have not done before it, but then i also wonder if like maybe they want to get say monolith off of xenoblade so they can get them working on breath of the wild 2 as well um oh, because interesting we know the team who made xenoblade also helped with the first breath of the wild so like that might be also like some kind of behind the scenes logistical choice to try mm. and get uh, Breath of the Wild too quicker. You'd have to think this game was done and like even production had either started or been done because like to turn around anything in two months like production wise and get it shipped out across the world and it's not even a oh, digital launches this date, physical might be later. Like everything is is being full, pulled forward two months, which just from a logistics point of view, like means they had to have decided this and had everything ready to go a while ago, in my opinion. I'm not saying yeah. they announced the date, like, with the intention to change it, but I don't think... The trailer also looked quite polished with that. The first trailer with the September release date, yeah. I feel, looked quite far along. So, it makes sense. Like, it's not, like, a concerning-looking thing. Um, but but yeah. my theory was weird. that Splatoon was meant to come out middle of this year i think it was like not confirmed but i think they said middle of of 2022 and obviously we haven't heard anything about that in a while so i yeah summer 2022 they'd said which when does summer end in america like september anyway anyway i think i think that i think that could easily fill this september void and i think looking at xenoblade and looking at splatoon if i was to pick a game that i thought might need more time it would definitely be splatoon so I feel like they could have easily just shuffled those dates around. 
but yeah, it's, yeah, it's I awesome. I just assumed Splatoon would be next year now. Well, I don't didn't think it would be this year. But then you think about the second half, it is quite empty. Yeah, with Breath everyone. of the Wild gone now, like I feel like they do need... Like, obviously, Splatoon is not Zelda. Well, I guess in Japan it is big, but... They're it's coming into Christmas as well. It's like, bigger than Xenoblade, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I can see like, that with being a game coming around Christmas time. It's going to yeah, help sell consoles. Um... Brody, let me just ask you something that's not on the show notes, so I'm catching you off guard here. Ooh. I don't know if you followed at all Digital Foundry's uh, kind of write-up about Breath of the Wild 2 perhaps not being out on this console generation, but something that will require a more powerful console. Do you think there's any kind of truth to that at all, or are you still very much of the opinion that, no, it is, as they say, it is a Switch release and not something like a Switch Pro release? Yeah, I'd be like I'm not sure where those reports originated. Whether it was with them or they were just going by what they'd heard from uh, people, you know, close to the source, etc. Um, but I'd be surprised if they made it for new hardware specifically and like alienated the Switch player base entirely because that is, you know, that's in the hundred million plus now, isn't it? Like it's something stupid like that. So that would be a very surprising choice. Like it'd be like. I think there's a reason why, like, Sony, for example, decided to do cross-gen in the end. And it's because there's just too much money in servicing a player base of, like, 100 million plus. So, I don't think so. I think it'll still be on Switch, even if they've got to do some stupid shit with, like, making it half on a cart, half on your hard drive, or two carts, or I don't know how that works. But um, it'll be on Switch, I would say. I'd be very surprised if it's not. Okay. Mm. Excellent. I also agree. Uh, Brittany, whilst we're chatting then, let me ask you about... uh, There's a couple of articles I want to ask you about this week, but I'll start with Babylon's Fall, um, which you reported recorded less than 10 people playing on PC uh, last week. Can you recall a steeper fall off in a game? Do you think it's wise that they carry on with their plans for extra content? Um... I can't recall a steeper fall off. Like, I know Anthems was pretty sharp, but I think even people stuck around for that sooner i mean like it's it's crazy because i mean like i think i think the article that i sourced uh even sort of mentioned that i think their highest peak player base so far has been just over a thousand people which is like insanely small like that's that's unfathomable granted that's on pc like that doesn't factor in console but you can't imagine it's like uh like an apples and origins comparison there's not like a million people playing it on playstation or something so um yeah, it's a staggeringly low amount of people, but um, look, I think they've probably got a lot of this content already in the can. Like, I think they've said that they've already completed the second season worth of stuff, mm. um, and I don't know if they did like a season pass or something like that with launch. So maybe they're James is shaking his head. So uh, no, they didn't. So I was gonna say it's not like they have any contractual obligation or like uh, responsibility to the customer to. Uh, how few of them there are to deliver a certain amount of content. So, I don't know. Maybe they just think they can, you know, dig it out the grave and get it back. Yeah, God, I really track, feel so. for them. Like, I, I know, like... Uh, platinum Games. Like, the what, right, what happened yeah. to Platinum Games? Like, I, I, know, yeah. I know, like, we weren't terribly excited about this game coming okay, out. Well, maybe well, could have well, foreseen well. this, but, like, it's Lean always in, a shame. But, James, yes, you have played this. What, where do you think it's all gone wrong? No, I haven't. I haven't played it. Oh, have you not? Um, okay. No, do you know I anything don't... about James Ewan? 
I don't. Yeah, I think <laughs> I was Apparently I'm not keeping tabs. Like, <laughs> like, you could just fucking... I tweet, like, maybe once a week. That's all you've got to read, and then you know about me. Everything you need I to know about me is there. I usually check before the show, and in one tweet. Today. You don't... Uh, uh, only before the show. Wow. Okay. I can't keep tabs anyway, on everything he that's muted. tweeted. He's like, oh, keep tabs. He's like, James has played, played Lego Star Wars. He's played Babylon's Fall. Anyway, what have you um, been playing, James? No, I agree. We're not. That's not what we're talking about. Weird West. <laughs> to move on. Weird West. Um, we literally I, spoke about this. You uh, don't you even listen. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm done. Anyway, um, so what were you we talking about? Platinum Games. Yeah, I think that Platinum is taking on a lot of projects to keep afloat because um, I think it's been no secret that they've been in trouble a little bit. Um, but that's what a sad I also story. Think, huh? That's a sad story. It is a sad story. I agree. Someone needs to buy them pronto. Um, but I still think they make really good games. But the ones that are kind of, like, made by other publishers, funded by other publishers that are kind of, like, their stopgap games, like, say, like, The Legend of Korra was funded by Activision and this is um, Square Enix, they always seem to turn out really shit. Um, and I don't... My thing with this game is, is I feel like it's never been good. Like, do you know, like, has anybody ever seen a trailer for this? Like, I know when we were staying no. up and doing all those events, we saw trailers for them, and we were like, like, what the fuck is this? Like, who cares? Like, yeah. there was it's no... Never shown it was well. It was never been shown well, and it just makes me wonder, like, like, do we get to a point where they do just cancel it? Like, I don't know if they... Sh- I know that that's probably easier to say than Could. actually do, obviously. But could Platinum I, had made the call to cancel it? Do you think, or do they have to sort of fulfil on? I would assume there would be some kind of contractual obligation from Square. But yeah. Square has this really weird. Like I, I think their last four non-Final Fantasy games have been terrible. Like you had like the Quiet Man. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh yeah. Um, there's like th- there's like three others now that I've that I can't Marvel's think Marvel's Avengers like, as well, which is still getting Avengers, supported. Yeah. Like, kind of like, like really? I think Avengers still sold, though. And I think that's the difference is, like, there was still a brand. The, the clueless parents were still coming and buy it for their kids. Ewan was playing it. Like, there's all <laughs> these, like, little, little things. I'm um, just glad you separated those two. You all too easily <laughs> yeah. could have thrown me in the same game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, Babylon's Fall, like, who goes into a shop and buys that? Or, like, onto a digital storefront and buys that? without looking into it first and then they look into it and it's like oh this is that game with less than 10 players that kind of thrives on an active player base you know like it's kind of a catch-22 like it's never going to get better um even a game with the marketing budget as big as anthem never was able to get better like i just don't know what they're doing like i don't know why they they thought this would be a good idea some of like why a a developer like platinum who are known for what like vanquish bayonetta um, to a lesser extent, Star Fox. Zero. Did, did they <laughs> do the the wonderful one hundred and one? Yeah, wonderful one hundred and one. Like all of these, like very high octane single player action games, then get putting them on, like hiring them to do like a fucking games as a service multiplayer grind fest. Like I just don't know what the thinking is there. So yeah. like some other Square Enix published bangers that you were discussing, uh, you had yeah. Left Alive. Which yeah, was, um, that's one of them. That was great. Uh, Balan Wonderland, which we uh, also fantastic. All forgot very quickly. <laughs> I think it's ten dollars new now. I yeah. didn't know they made that. There you go. Yeah, well, they, they, they published, published it. it. Yeah, published. They made a new team for it. Who I'm, I'm sure they're all eating well. It's currently ten dollars <laughs> at JB Hi-Fi. 
So lovely. God bless. Lovely. Ten dollars too much. Mm. I just outright this was Square Enix published as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Oh, um, yeah, got, I, know, few... I know it's controversial amongst the team here. Right I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I played it for like 20 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't know what their, their strategy is. Like, Square's strategy is for non-Final Fantasy games. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's my voice. Maybe their strategy should be make more Final Fantasy games, seeing as you're promising so many at the moment. Like, actually follow through and release them. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, the second article I was going to ask you about, Brody, was your write-up about Halo Battle Royale, which is rumoured to be in development at certain affinity and has been for the last two years. Suppose it's targeting the Apex Legends and Warzone audience, and would it exist as a separate release? This is our rapid-fire question of the day. So, Shannon, I know you don't play a lot of a- or any Battle Royales at the moment, <laughs> but would you play a Halo Battle Royale? Yeah, I'd jump in, for sure. James, this was Brody's segment, wasn't yeah, it? This is, this is Brody's, Are we allowed Brody's to speak? segment. To the end you you may speak. You may speak. <laughs> Would I play a Halo Battle Royale? Yes. You'd give it a go. Absolutely. It's a rapid fire not, question. Oh, I'd try it. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's shit, and then not try it. But like, okay, you'd give it a go. So, yes. I mean, I play every, I'll try everything once. You know? <laughs> and Brody? Um, yeah, I'd give it a go. Excellent. That sounds like we've got a, a squad of four right here when it does eventually come out. Yeah, I can't wait for us to all be like, so who's playing? And then, like, Ewan's like, oh, I'm playing with someone else. <laughs> like, <laughs> Look, we'll play Returnal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I went and beat the game with other people. I know I said I was going to play it with you four. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. I believe but, patterns, not words. So. <laughs> Until then, let's play a round of What the Wiki Together, the press start podcast game show where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and we, the contestants, must guess the game. The first to guess two games correctly wins the round and takes home the points. And speaking of those points, Brody and James are tied on four apiece, myself and Shannon on two apiece, Kieran on one, and Harry and Stephen tied with nilpois points. I think the part might actually be points. I don't know. doesn't matter. As last week's winner, I'm in the hosting chair. So, contestants, if you're ready, I will read game number one. Yes. Let's go. Always, always ready. And as I always endeavour to do, there is a theme. Like its predecessor, the gameplay of the game is a blend of platforming, driving, and gun combat. The player is led through the story as they complete missions assigned by the various characters in the game. Missions can consist of anything from defeating particular enemies, reaching a specific location, or completing a puzzle. With the exception of timed or otherwise linear missions, the player is free to explore the massive game world as they see fit. Secrets made available as the player progresses and collects elusive precursor orbs Brody, can be purchased. Oh, Brody! Uh, Put all the pi- the pieces of the puzzle together, Brody. Is it Jack Three? It is Jack 3. Well done, Brody. <sighs> Off the mark, guesses any of the remaining games, he will be today's winner. Game number two. The player controls Raziel, a disfigured and ghostly vampire. Brody? The game is uh, Brody. Nah, I don't know. Um, I like the confidence, though. Do you want to have a stab? If I opt out, can I stay in? Or do yes, I need? I guess. Okay. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't, don't want to have a guess. I'm sorry to do that. his name so far. <laughs> the game is normally shown from a third-person perspective behind Raziel, but players can rotate the viewpoint around him. 
I, I don't know if I've just pronounced the name differently twice, I don't know. The gameplay relies largely on shifting between the material and spectral planes of existence to progress through areas. Although interaction with objects is limited in the spectral oh, realm... Oh, James. It's, this, yeah. Uh, is it Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver? It is. Well done, James. Oh, that's actually what I was thinking, and I didn't have the guts to oh, say no. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, any guesses as to what the, the theme is at this stage? Yeah. Don't say it out loud. You reckon you got nah. it? No. Game number three. According to director Takeshi Aramaki, the gameplay will be focused on terrain traversal, speed, and fluidity. Square Enix also described the game as James. Is it for spoken? It is for spoken, James. Well done. And the thread that ties them all together, James? Amy Hennig. Um, It's all games Amy Hennig's done or worked on. Exactamundo. Well done. Uh, And with that, which is why you shouldn't announce the theme before you do it. Ewan. <laughs> I just, ruins I'm just it. announcing there is a theme, and we almost yeah, always have a theme. It, it's not a giveaway. That ruins it. Why? But there's, but we there's always, always have a theme. theme. <laughs> like, we should redo it. I'm just I confirming agree. what everyone always knows. <clears throat> well, I wouldn't have known that was for Spoken unless I knew the theme, which was Amy Hennig. Anyway, but that's, that's, that's like you've got Amy Hennig the on the bonus line. points. Like, if you can pick up on the theme, it puts you in okay. an advantageous position. Well, I feel like that puts me at an advantage every time. But that's why you always win what the wiki. So yeah, <laughs> nah, it's a rough yeah, it's a rough season this year. But that's because you guys make plans to not let me on. So. <laughs> we just schedule on days that you <laughs> can't make way. it. <laughs> You're not wrong. With that, let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the Press Start Podcast. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the site at pressstart.com.au. We've been joined today by Shannon. You can follow me at shancake underscore on the Twitter. Also joining us today was Brody. Thank you. You can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. And last but not least, we've been joined by James. Hello. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at, at James, A-T-J-A-M-Z, especially Ewan. Yes. That's where you can find me. <laughs> My homework for this week, pay attention to your tweets. And I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Jump on over there and remind me to read James's tweets. So just like tweet them at me. Make sure I don't miss the link. That'd be great. That saves me a job. But thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye. Bye.